And it like it completely lambasts, satirizes, skewers Hollywood mercilessly. Um, and I think Tropic right. Thunder does it in such a hilarious way that like Bojack Horseman is so so tough on Hollywood that it can, it's actually a little depressing to me. But you it's just like as merciless as merciful. No mercy. <laughs> I can't say it this morning. No, no, no. That's an no mercy. It's pretty sucks. accurate. No, that's the thing. It's so accurate that it's almost depressing. Or right. it is. It, it can be depressing because it's so dead on. You're like, oh, yeah, that is true. And wow, what a horrible business I am involved in. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Outsiders. I'm Todd Pickering. I'm Seth Austin. We're just a couple of actors stuck on the outside trying to make our way to the inside of the biz. Hollywood, baby! The biz, as in the business, as in our email, which is theoutsidersbiz, B-I-Z, at gmail.com. Todd, you are the master of smooth, sexy segues. I forgot the address as I started to speak. I, I, I had a panic, but you didn't notice, did don't, you? Don't tell us this, Todd. We don't want to see how the sausage is made. We, we know. No, but that's acting. Like, just yes. breathe. You know the address. But I wait, I'm, I'm talking so mellow that can I, I don't even know what I'm say. supposed to say. Just I email think, us at the I think that some of my best performances have been when I have honestly forgotten what the hell, and I just somehow, a miracle happens. And as I'm about to say the line, the line comes out. And my theory is that because that's how life is, you don't plan what you're going to say. I think that that's when I'm at my best, you know, just some, somewhere deep inside you, you know the lines so well that somehow they just come out of you without you think, knowing how. Like you're not consciously being like, okay, this is my next line. Anyway, um, today- There's lots of great performances of that in movies where the actor says, you know, they didn't, or somebody did something different, or they kept rolling. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but speaking of the biz, I am yeah, not exactly. the master. I'm not the master of smooth segues. But uh, speaking of the biz, we got uh, we, we're going to do Hollywood films today, and that is movies that are about Hollywood, about the business. Usually, a lot of times, right? That's. I mean, it's hard to make a movie about Los Angeles without it being about the movie business, right? So most of these films are gonna, there's gonna be a lot of that in these movies. So, and we're gonna do our top three each, right? So- yes. Did you from, do like an order or just top three in general? Um, I think I, I did go, I did go in order um, now that I think about it. Although it's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard, but I went, I went to the Vanity Fair top 25 of all time and I kind of chose based on that. Um, and of course I realized there were a lot I hadn't seen. So I guess I'll just go first. And, uh, yeah, remember that we, we did you I mean, listen to our intro? We're a couple of actors stuck on the outside. We haven't seen all of these movies. We're no, not yeah. perfect. Yeah. No. I panicked too going, Oh, maybe we should not. Eh, yeah. I mean, who's seen every movie in the world? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I made my list of ones that I have to see based on how interesting they looked on the description. Me too. Um, so we got my number one, and this, so first of all, my top three are comedies, just to, to start off with that. Um, my, t my top, my best of all time is Tropic Thunder, because, <laughs> okay. I mean, that movie, it, it, it pulls no punches in, in, in how it just completely skewers the business, right? It's like, 
It's sort of like BoJack Horseman does, which I was going to mention that at the end, but I'm mentioning it now. It's another thing that's, it's a Hollywood type thing, but that's a, that's a TV show. But if it was a movie, it would be my number one Hollywood thing. BoJack Horseman would be. It's pretty damn um, good. It's pretty damn good. And it like, it completely lambasts, satirizes, skewers Hollywood mercilessly. Um, and I think Tropic right. Thunder does it in such a hilarious way that like BoJack Horseman is so, so tough on Hollywood that it can, it's actually a little depressing to me. But you it's just like, as merciless, as merciless, no mercy. <laughs> I can't say it this morning. No, no, no. That's an no mercy. It's pretty sucks. accurate. No, that's the thing. It's so accurate that it's almost depressing. Or right. it is. It, it can be depressing because it's so dead on. You're like, oh, yeah, that is true. And wow, what a horrible business I am involved in. Um, whereas Tropic Thunder is a little bit more playful. It's a little more funny, I think. And a little, more over, a little more over the top. God damn it, Todd. Don't tell me that in the middle of my description. Um, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., like he's playing a white guy, playing a black guy, and then at the end, you find out he's Australian. <laughs> Did you just give some, was that a spoiler alert? That's a spoiler alert, but it has to be mentioned because it's so absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, one actor has this thing, like uh, Matthew McConaughey plays an agent who's trying to get his actor that's in this movie TiVo, that's in his rider, you know, he wants to have TiVo on set while they're shooting in the middle of the jungle. And he ends up bringing it to him, throwing it up in the air. It's, it's ridiculous. It's just such an insane movie. The director gets blown to smithereens and they all just think it's part of it, but it's not. He's actually gotten blown up. Like it's, I mean, it's so, it's, and he's the actor or the director was a total asshole. So you're happy that he gets blown up. <laughs> Steve, Steve Coogan kills it steve coogan is so funny in this i mean everybody from the walking Benson. dead the guy that plays the villain steve coogan is in the walking dead i don't think he i don't, I don't know I, I, I can't picture that actor what else I is do he? not care for the walking dead steve coogan he does all those trip the trip movies um he has not acted in a ton of things he's more on the writer side of things in general cool. but he's he's done a solid handful um justin thoreau actually had a hand in writing tropic thunder which is crazy um yeah, wow. that movie is just it's a it's a perfect and then you got Ben Stiller's character who's like I mean he's basically playing Ben like a heightened version of Ben Stiller he's like super narcissistic and he's like got these he's a little guy but he's got these crazy muscles and everyone's complimenting or some one of the other actors compliments him on his his incredible physique and he's like yeah it's just mostly diet you know it's, it's so, that's a great imitation just, yeah <laughs> so you like this movie Seth dude I love that movie I love that movie <laughs> It's, All it's right, no see, uh, I might watch it today. Okay, so then my next one is Barton Fink, and it's a crossover one because it's going to be my top three Coen brothers when we do Coen brothers films, I think anyway. Like, we haven't gotten to that one yet, but Barton Fink, it's all about this, this loser writer who, who's trying to make his way into the business. It's an old, you know, it's, a, it's, it's set back in the day, and uh, John Turturro plays Barton Fink, and uh, he's incredible, and then John Goodman. What really stood out to me in that film was John Goodman's performance. It's you know, for someone who's known for being over the top, bombastic in a good way, um, the subtlety that he brings to his performance in Barton Fink is second to none. Um, yeah, that, and, and it's about Hollywood. It's about a writer, you know. Um, I need to watch that again. It's hard for me to get as specific with Barton Fink it's as I did with Set John in the McCormick. 40s? I think it's set in the 40s. And um, yeah. I need to watch it again too. It's a brilliant movie. I saw it when it came out and it's just, it's beautiful. What I recall, the second you mention it, I can see John Turturro 
I can see the grimy Hollywood apartment. Yeah, sitting see. in that, like, is it even an apartment? It might, it might even be like a hotel room or something that he gets rented out for him by the studio. While a lot of the, the picture. But a lot of those apartments were, were practically hotels. It's, right. The, back in so the day, it was, it was they're one and the same kind of, yeah. I mean, you literally came with a cardboard suitcase and they're furnished. So the furniture's depressing and people uh, slept in the, ugh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> But it does that yeah, so well. Be a bed. Yeah, it shows the struggling writer's struggle so well with all that stuff. You know, he's bending over backwards and the demands of the studio are ridiculous. And he's kind of slowly losing his mind, you know, through all of this. Which I think you and I both haven't, we're are both talking, we need to see it again. But the whole time we're talking about this, I've got the ooks with, I, I still remember the feeling that they just nail a time, a period, uh, yeah. the, the acting, the writing, the directing, the, the cinematography, design, the, the I mean, designs, the cinematography. Yeah. It all takes you to a time and a place and a feeling amazing. And the pacing of it is, I mean, the Coen brothers, one of the best things they're best at is pacing. Um, so then my third one, going to move on to that. And this is, I mean, this is not necessarily number three. This could easily be my number one as well for, for many reasons, nostalgia being one of them. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Um, I mean, yep. what doesn't that movie have? What doesn't that movie have? I mean, it 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 originated the the whole bringing cartoons into you know live action, marrying the two. I mean, and it it was and it does it seamlessly. You can I think you, that movie still holds up today. And you've got um, you know Jessica Rabbit voiced by um, um, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. And Bob Hoskins, you know, one of the one of the first times a Brit, you know, played a lead, a leading man, um, and does it incredibly well. You know, he does that Brooklyn accent, and he's the uh, the alcoholic cop, you know, the alcoholic Hollywood cop. And this he's is really a cop. he's a private detective. Private detective, right? Makes it but, even more noir. Just right, more noir. Yeah. So it's it's a noir film. It's a it's also super comedic. Like I mean, the genre blending, the everything about it is like one big crossover, right? Um, and the of only course, time that Donald Duck and the, the Warner Brothers, Daffy Duck and Donald Duck appear together, Mickey Mouse and yeah, Bugs all those Bunny different cartoons together. together, and I, ah, and the the comedy in it is, is is incredible. And you got Christopher Lloyd playing Judge Doom, you know, and being like, I mean, I don't think you know when I saw that, I had no idea that it could be the same person from from Back to the Future to playing Judge Doom. I mean, that character when I was a kid, seeing that in the theaters. I, I, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about when he murders that tune, it's a shoe, you know, and he's trying to demonstrate how this dip, you know, this whatever chemicals, how they can destroy Toontown using this dip. And he, when he takes this little shoe and he dips it into the dip and it's, it's horrific. And the thing, you know, the, the tune melts. It's a shoe. And it's a shoe and you feel horrible for the shoe. It's, it's such a There's dark- an emotional attachment to a shoe. That's to a cartoon shoe. Right, that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I've talked a lot, and I think I've made my points regarding all of those films. Yeah, we better so. get to mine if we want to keep this so a short one. Oh but I knew we wouldn't. Three I'm is like, no, but three is too many almost. That's I'm, six. I'm hogging the limelight. Well, there's no repeats. Okay, that's fantastic. I thought about Barton Fink, and I thought about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They're on my list of also rands, which we might not even get to. But all right, I just labeled them back in order. So number three is The Purple Rose of Cairo. Okay, I don't know it. Woody Allen's film. Ah, uh, yes, you've mentioned this before. Um, fun. Tom Hanks was originally cast, and 
he just didn't work out. So he had to replace him with Jeff Daniels in ah, the lead. Very different actors, yeah. And it's, uh, the, so I'll just do a quick overview and then we'll look and see what time we have left. Um, but um, it's a, he's the lead actor of a movie and it's depression and Mia Farrow um, is depressed because it's depression. She's a waitress, barely making any money. And she goes to the movies to escape and she goes so much that Jeff Daniels recognizes her from the screen and escapes the screen. So whimsical, I love it. And, but he keeps, it turns out that he's, this, this character's doing it everywhere. So Hollywood's losing their shit because their movie's not making any money because their lead actor keeps walking out of all the screens nationwide. So the real actor comes to try to seduce her to get the act, the character back onto the screen. Meanwhile, all the people in the movie are just waiting for them to finish the movie. They're all just <laughs> sitting there going, well, we can't really go forward until he comes back. So it's it's a lovely fantasy piece that's completely about Hollywood. Yeah. Number two is a drama, Sunset Boulevard. You know, this is another one that I haven't seen. It's on my list of must-sees. William Holden and Gloria Swanson. What do you know about it? Because it's so iconic. It's maybe one of the top 10 iconic. I, I know that it is, and this is embarrassing. I literally know almost, if you, once you start to tell me about it, I'm sure I'll be like, oh yes, I heard that, but off the top of my head, I can't begin to tell you anything about it. Um, it's a noir film about a struggling writer, a la Barton Fink, who ends up at this mansion, and Gloria Swanson is a faded silent star, it's the 50s, late 40s, early 50s, 1950 yeah. approximately, the year, exactly. Uh, and um, he ends up having an affair with her just because he has a warm bed and she, even though she's 20, 30 years older and she keeps thinking she's gonna make a comeback, that DeMille's gonna call her, you know, because DeMille's still making movies, he's making all those, The Greatest Show on Earth, uh, the biblical, what was it? The Ten Commandments, I think, was his last movie. You know, the yeah. great big Hollywood movies. Um, and then number one is The Big Picture. Okay. By um, Michael McKeon and Christopher Guest after yeah. his final tap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, so they have another one. I always think of um, For Your Consideration when I think of those films uh, for Hollywood. Which I have not seen. I it's can't great, believe that. It's, it's oh a great God. one. That's that's one to that's definitely one to see. I mean, it's not one of my top threes, but it's definitely. I mean, Catherine O'Hara kills it with like you know the just desperate aging starlet who's trying to remain relevant. Anyway, this is <laughs> she's so good at that. But the big yeah. picture is Kevin Bacon graduating from UCLA. I want to say it could be USC. It's one of the one of those. Yeah. Um, it opens with all the student films, and he wins. <laughs> And he gets an agent and his, they're gonna, Hollywood's gonna make his movie. Very 80s, so it's skewering the 80s. It's basically like a comedy version of The Player, which is a brilliant Hollywood movie. Right, that was, yeah. Player is the dark version. The big picture might not stand up so great, but to any actor, they're gonna love it. Yeah, right. It's one I of mean, those. from the beginning to the end. Um, and it focuses more on the writer. It focuses on, you know, he's got this concept for a story and Hollywood wants to make the characters younger, make it, you know, turn it from art, filmmaking from art to a, you know, a product. Right, right, JT right. Walsh, one of the greatest character actors of all times is the studio head. Um, every, you'll recognize him. He's one of those, and I think he's made like the list of the top 10. Who is he? I love that guy list. You know, never had a lead, never had a nomination. So that's write these down. Name. Purple Rose of Cairo. What were the other two? Um, Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. 
Oh, and by the way, for those of you that watch the Kean, Michael McKeon and Christopher Guest, this is a narrative film, the big picture. It's not a doc, it's not a mockumentary, like all of the rest of them. Because then they did Guffman after that. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, right. It's all not a documentary. I didn't know they didn't, I didn't know they did anything that wasn't a doc. Michael McKeon has a bit part, thankless yeah. role, meaning that he kind of plays straight man in an uninteresting role. So you kind of want more out of him but yeah he's brilliant he's one of the best but i think actors. you know he's a producer and christopher guest just directs it so you don't see his face at all meaning that, you know they were working on the picture as producer writer directors and so who are, what are some of your also rans my also rans were um hail caesar by the coen brothers still have um, to see it singing in the rain of course you, you know what are the ultimate like you know you could put that on the, I mean, that's number one on everybody's list as far as probably the most iconic movie. That's why I didn't put it on my list. Uh, the original Star is Born with Frederick March and Janet Gaynor, mm -hmm. um, which I highly recommend for actors because the original movie, number one out of the four, is about an actor. She's an actor, not a, not a singer. Not a singer. Yeah. And it's, it's intense because there's no singing, so it's a dark movie for back mm. then. Um, yeah. And ga does Galaxy Quest count? Does it? I don't even know. That's a good good question. I don't. So, uh, that's my also rans. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I have not actually seen. There's so many of these men that I haven't. I would seen. say so. Um. You so haven't seen see. Galaxy Quest? No, I know it's terrible. Yeah, check that one. Um. So Mulholland Drive, an adaptation. Yeah. And you know, this was a t this was the one I couldn't. I was telling you, I I was thought of one that I couldn't remember, but I was like, wait, does this one count? is Birdman, because Birdman is, is more of a stage film, right? It's not so much about Hollywood necessarily, but then he's also playing a guy who's coming from Hollywood to come to the stage. So that's like a half-half one. So that, that would probably make it's my- It's a crossover. Top. That's a cross, let's talk about <laughs> Exactly. Um, I mean, that's an incredible movie. I remember seeing it on the big screen. I, I feel like that one needs to be seen on the big screen. It doesn't- it's, it doesn't work yes. so much on, at home, but um, a brilliant film nonetheless. I would argue it's not a Hollywood movie. I, I kind of see what you're saying. I kind of could be pushed in that direction. Um, it's more of a, it's more of a, a, a theater movie, but and even then, it's not really about and more of an acting movie. It's an acting movie in general. It doesn't. It, necessarily... it deals with fame, acting, and theater more than it deals with Hollywood. Even though the character is a big Hollywood star that's doing a play. That's right. kind of where Hollywood ends. Right. It's a good point. Yeah, it's more about just the machinations and the inner workings and the weirdness of being an actor. Yeah. But I think the cast of Will and Grace, the first time it was on, I think that in history, they were all in a Broadway play at one point at the same time. Hmm. That's interesting. So, I mean, it definitely hits that Hollywood note of even on Broadway, you sometimes need a a star a, right a hollywood yeah, star because middle america is the one are the ones who you know pay the turn keep the lights on on broadway you know and they they love seeing hollywood stars on stage so you know it is what it is and a lot of them are great so what's the big deal you know um all right are we at time there todd how are we doing yeah we i think we we we've done it um i feel like i took over this episode quite no. a lot i i spoke a lot, a lot. no those are all great um, movies. No, I think yeah. I, um, I also have my list of quick, just a short list of movies I haven't seen. Day of the Locust, Hollywood Land, and State in Maine. 
Ooh, State and Maine is fun. Now, uh, I think that what's his name? David Mamet is not a good director. I think someone else should have directed it. Um, and I'm not, that's not an original thought. Pretty much everybody feels that way, but um, the script is great. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it totally lambasts Hollywood. And then when they go to a small town to make a film, you know, and now they take over and bring all their pretentious Hollywood bullshit. Um, yeah. Um, super fun. Anyway, I think yeah, that's Yeah, no, that's... That's our episode. Hopefully we're giving you great movies. To, and these are definitely, all six of these movies we've mentioned, even though I haven't seen Tropic Thunder, are like movies as an actor you need to see because there's nothing more fun than skewering. I mean, this is something we know about. Like if you show up on set and what's my character thinking or doing, the director's going to be like, really? What kind of actor are you? You're playing an actor now. You're not playing a doctor. You're not playing a criminologist. Work it out. So they're fun. They're great fun. And they're great pictures. All six of those. Yeah, true True that. All, all right. right. Tell us what your favorite movies are. Email us Email at us, outsidersbiz, B-I-Z, at gmail.com. Tell us we're idiots. Tell us we forgot something that we should have included. You know? Yeah. Come at us, man. Come at us. <laughs> Put them up. Ready Put with fisticuffs. That's a, great, that's a great word, fisticuffs. All right. Uh, let's see you later, Todd. Bye, everybody. Bye.